0: Welcome to Junior to Senior, the podcast for ambitious devs who want to take their career to the next level. I'm your host, David Gutman. Today, I'm joined by Keith Hurling. Keith, welcome to the show. Woo! Ow! <laughs> That's the energy I love to see. Uh, so for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, uh, you want to share a little bit about what you do, who you are? Certainly. My name is Keith Hurling, and I
1: run a small boutique Development engineering shop here on sunny Silicon Beach. Dimension Software. We've been in business professionally since about 1998, uh, and you know personally, I'm bringing just a few decades of experience to the table. You know, we have guys with us uh, who have been with us since 1998. In fact, uh, they're also often around the JSLA meetups.
0: You know, I feel like that is quite a badge of honor. I think there are. Uh, plenty of firms who did not uh, survive uh, starting the same same time you all did. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, it comes um... with the grit. <laughs> Indeed. So, what do you? Yeah, what I I think I think there's probably something there. Like looking at that that longevity and that grit or that duration, are there any particular skills or uh outlooks perspectives that you think have helped you
1: surely uh, yeah there's a ton you know we all have that drive for the customer and you know this is something amazon preach a lot because it works uh, which is that you know you're always having to be cognizant of the customer you know start with the customer and kind of work backwards and through that resolve through that grit to just always push through with you know uh, expectations and really like deliver stuff that's very on point i think it's created a huge bond with all of us you know just kind of seeing what we've been able to to deliver throughout the decades uh, you know and, and then now you know we're always kind of like reaching out for you know for different like nuances to bring new things into the fold and i think you know again like these just aligning synergies have just kept us very tight through the decades you I know mean, it's it's not easy it it does come with that grit but uh, mm. you know that it, you know that's what kind of sticks us together
0: yeah, man, it's really—it's actually. Uh, I like that you said the the, the focus on the customer. Um, personally, I often think of that as being product-minded, and this actually is something that that comes up a lot when dealing with with mentees uh, and junior engineers and and people that 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 I work with. Um, I've noticed that there are different types of engineers, and maybe not that, that this is like a permanent intrinsic value, but. I've noticed that depending on the engineer, they may care more on, let's say, the technical merits or performance, or they yes. they might get really, really wrapped up in the in the the puzzle or the the challenge of, of the problem. And they can lose sight of uh, I guess the way that you say it, the customer or the way that I think about it, the the product experience um and you know i think it can go the other way too where you can have someone who doesn't really care how something's built and they just want it to look good on the outside and you wind up with something that that can't really function very well because it wasn't thought through and and there's certainly a balance um do you yeah do you find uh do you find that when you're working with um engineers that, that you have to push them one way or the other
1: Every engineer ought to be a product person. Uh, I just don't really see any way around it. You know, if you haven't got eyes on a product, how then are you able to build larger things that have value in the universe? You know, and then ultimately, obviously, the kind of far-reaching goal is that you want to extract some monetary value out of that. You know, to, to pay yourself, to pay your team, et cetera. Uh, but you know, we o- only if tasked with a very like a you know fo- focused piece of something. Uh, you know I guess what what I'm getting at is sometimes we will break off like little technical things, you know there're obviously these like wizards out there who are just amazing at, for example, you know s- sprinkling a little bit of machine learning somewhere, okay, maybe they don't need that product vision, but uh, you know the guys who've stuck with us through the times, the people who are responsible for the largest chunks of work, they all are product people,
0: mm-hmm. yeah and And it's interesting. Like, I I think there is a perspective out there that, that looking at a junior developer would think like, no, you don't need to worry about the product. That's more like the business's job. Like, if you're a junior developer, just focus on, you know, the technical aspects. Like, do you, would you agree with that? Or like, do you feel like it's never too early to focus on product?
1: It's never too early to focus on product. In fact, always focus on product because without that, you're just selling yourself short. In fact, I would, I would say that they're probably missing uh, the most important part of the issue, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is a wonderful thing to experiment, you know, and everyone ought to, especially just to spark that kind of creative spirit and get, you know, like for me, especially, it's just very like rejuvenating to just be like, Hey, I'm going to, Go off to the side here and go camp out in the wilderness and do something a little <laughs> crazy, uh, but like that's a very known thing, right? And I'll time box myself there, you know, if you know if, if I need to, for example. Uh, but w- when you know jumping into the into the majors, uh, you really want to work with those people who are product focused, and that's not to say that everybody has the same product vision. It just means that everybody has that kind of holistic care about what is this that we're building? Are we building the right thing? Are we building the thing that the customer is expecting? Are we building Mm -hmm. an experience that the customer loves and kind of has a desire to use because it's fun and exciting?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of trying to think of a an engineer. Let's say they're they're on a team, right? And maybe they're not, you know, they're, they're part of a bigger company or something like that, and they don't they don't really they don't really interact with the customer, or maybe they're in a very specialized industry. So, so recently, I had someone on the show. the The their company makes makes software for for accountants, right? Okay. I can totally imagine a junior engineer at that company, and maybe they just started or something like that, and they don't know any accountants. They've never been in that situation. Like, what would you what would you tell that person? Like, how can they how can they possibly focus on the customer?
1: Yeah, excellent question. And for them, you know, maybe it's just that they see that gig as like a stepping stone to something larger. You know, and, and, and that's a solid choice. It's a great way to go. They probably ought to start with, you know, like if this is something that they're going to stick around and they know that it's going to be something of a career, then I don't think that they have a choice but to like really start to understand the product, you know, especially if it's something that maybe they wish to work with this person for now and then grow into maybe their own business. They're not going to be able to do that unless they become ultimately more of a product person. Uh, you know, at l- the larger the company, obviously it's very easy to like pit- pigeonhole oneself into like a very small kind of like pedantic focus and fine, maybe they're hired to do that. Uh, but I'm really talking about, you know, especially like at the entrepreneur level, we have like a much smaller team, right? So we need to be able to like affect the world in the largest way. And, you know, one of the ways, again, we do that is that we, you know, our engineers see top to bottom, you know, fr- front end to back end, you know, product rewinding to customer, et cetera. Uh, so, you know, for that person who's just kind of like doing the thing that's asked of them I think that they ought to always reach out for more they ought to always understand why is it you know they're obviously building that the, the you know they're solving the how but they they probably ought to look and 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 kind of work up with the people at the company who are the product
0: mhm yeah i'm almost wondering like is there is there like a a broader uh grouping or or definition of of customer because i can also see you know that there's there's just all of these things that aren't, like, if you think of customer, then then you're thinking of, like, some commercial transaction, and some of the, what I would consider some of the most impressive engineers that that I know of, you know, you know them through the internet and their contributions, right, they're, even just their open source libraries are packaged in a way that it it makes you feel like you're the customer, even though you're not buying anything, right? The way that Ooh. their their READMEs are structured, or the way nailed that they it. design their their APIs, um, are built, and like maybe that's just the the way. Like, yeah, what do you think?
1: Oh man, I think you nailed it. Uh, yeah, uh, preach on, absolutely. And those are always the more fully baked product. Projects, uh, you know that that one can pull in, right? Like you, you know how it is. You you go like like there's a very there's very much a difference between pulling in somebody's open source library that's like kind of at that hobbyist level versus one that you're just like, oh my goodness, what a pleasure to use. They really <laughs> thought about all these angles, and then it's also that comforting support of like, hey, if there's a problem with this, maybe I can reach out, or you know, maybe mm-hmm. if I can help with the support and the effort, you know. But the fact that there is a little bit of a community here, and it's and you know, and it goes beyond just like. Pull requests, for for example,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I, I, what I'm trying to do is is I just agree with what you you were saying, you know, so so wholeheartedly that that like the the focus on the customer is important, and I'm trying to I'm trying to apply it to people who who may not be in a position where they're very entrepreneurial or they're they're mm-hmm. they're not business minded or they're not really interacting with with customers, um, so to speak. But I think that mindset is so important. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm reminded, and maybe I'll put this in the show notes if I can I can dig it up. Uh, Triplebyte does a lot of hiring and recruiting, and um, they they've put out some really interesting blog posts uh, with data and findings um, through through their work. And so they worked with a lot of clients, and they created these uh, fictional resumes with um, you know fictional. Experience, right? And put them in front of uh, a ton of their different clients to figure out, oh, of, of these different resumes, who do you like the most and why? And th- they had a couple of archetypes, and one of them was like the academic, like CS minded person. And then there was another one okay. that was uh, like more product minded and maybe like a little bit more UX. And um, I forget the other ones, but it was so interesting to me. Uh, there were two takeaways. One, Uh, Relevant to this, which is that the product minded engineer was the most popular. So most companies looking to hire were most attracted to the to the engine, the fictional engineer whose resume was more product focused. Um, And And that shouldn't be surprising to
1: anyone because that person (laughs) they know uh, could could be more applicable to the you know to the greater good of the company like they, they could take that person and have them on you know a or b maybe even z and and they would have something to contribute yeah more yeah flexible. i
0: wonder yeah i wonder if it's it's like at the end of the day you know a business has to hire uh, a developer so they're going to have to pay that developer money um that's only going to work if that developer can lead to more revenue than it costs to to pay that developer, right, and I think a product yeah pr- someone who's product minded I think gives a, a little bit better uh, indication that that that'll be possible um, you know because they're always going to be looking out for for ways to to deliver value, and maybe that's the key. you mentioned this before too it's it's that like that ability to turn software into something that is valuable for someone else, yes. yeah, yeah. And, uh, the other, and the other the other is to yeah.
1: extract that value uh, because there's many brilliant engineers out there who have just come up with like insane solutions to very complex problems, uh, and the largest issue that puts them out of business is that they just don't have the wherewithal to figure out how to then charge for it to extract mm. that value back out of what they provided. You know, yeah, and I, and I see this all the time. Yeah, you know, again, this is one of those things. You know, I you know I've I've failed at many many times. In fact, you have to. You know, before you, before you before you figure out how to do the right things, you know, and, not, and I'm not talking the failure that puts your company out of business. I'm talking nah. all the small and medium sized failures along the way that bring that grit and that really mm-hmm. lets you kind of understand what it's like to to you know be you know to have your face down on the dirt, come up and, and figure out, hey, you know, we were driving this direction, but now we need to pivot a little bit and move here.
0: Yeah, yeah, it kind of makes me think of like you know, so much of this is like you can build a really great engine, but if you don't have you know, you forget to put the tires on the car. Yeah. Uh, So that just that, that way. So um, I think we probably uh, covered, covered that enough, but it, it leads me into like when you're, when you're building a team, obviously you probably look for that, that customer focus, but what other, what other attributes do you look for? I mean, how, how do you, how would you evaluate an engineer?
1: Oh, I love this question. You know, as, as somebody who's hired so many people uh, o- over the years and assembled many teams, uh, you know, a lot of you know, team, teams have different goals, right? And there is always going to be a room, you know, anytime there's demand for somebody that has a specific skill set. So let, let's be clear about that, right? There's a lot of people out there who just have insane technical chops for very specific like areas of software, and and you know, if that area is in high demand, they will have a job. Uh, for me. You know, more directly answering your question, attitude, 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 attitude mm. is eighty percent of it. I have hired people, and and these are my soldiers. Some of these guys, you know, like I, I hired them when this was probably their second job. I just love their attitude. You know, there, there's this one guy, uh, you know, he's he's with us today. Uh, I you know. He was very early. He was very young. He he was just full of ideas, you know. Uh, very very you know very very youthful guy. Had an insane attitude. He showed up, froze up in the interview. You know, we've all been there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it done it oh, many times. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just really wasn't able to answer any of the checks. You know, any any of the kind of technical and and you know, I was the only one who was basically like me, you know. But I really lo- I love this guy. I love his attitude. He's got the right attitude. Uh, so let's just put him in a little bit more cozy, comfy setting and and just kind of talk a little bit. You know more directly boom i brought this guy on and i mean he is absolutely the you know a stand-up engineer now all these years with with the experience uh, you know we do a lot of distributed programming with elixir mm. together uh, but originally i had hired this guy you know for, for node you know and he came in i think he had probably at the time yeah just a, just a few years of experience under his belt professionally and just a lot of energy in the right direction
0: oh, That's yeah that's awesome yeah It's one of those things, right? Like, like you just really have to think that you're you're on these teams for the long haul. There's going to be a lot of time spent with these people, and like, if if you just can't work well together, almost nothing else really matters, you know. Like, it's just there's going to be like no way to be to be productive if if you don't get along, and and like. Yeah. And even if like technically it's a little bit weaker, like we're all not, I guess maybe not all, but you know, if you hire someone who's intelligent enough and curious enough and interested enough and passionate enough, you know, it's a moving target, right? Like, like you're kind of more interested in, in velocity than you are position or, or acceleration than you are in, in, instead of velocity. And as long as you can like stick together and you've got You've got the time and you can work well together you know you'll get there right like we all didn't we all didn't start out being experts in any particular uh technology or skill certainly not <laughs> yeah so i mean that's awesome and i mean especially i mean you just mentioned you you started with node and now you're doing um elixir so we
1: still use a ton of node uh, you know these years it's a lot of svelte and sapper uh, probably the frameworks of choice there now uh, but you know like with the kind of fast-moving velocity of the JavaScript world that's, uh, you know, the JS fatigue, if you will, it's like the, the choice changes from project to project. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so that's actually like something. So so typically, you know, on the show, I, I avoid trying to get into the weeds of um, the technical bits, but I do, I do think that's really interesting. You know. I would love to, yeah, well, I think what I'd like to hear is maybe at like a higher level, like how do you choose... Which technologies to pursue and which ones not to pursue? Like, what would make Elixir a better choice than Node in some situations, or or why would you, why would you invest time in something like Svelte, uh, even though maybe it's newer or not as you know well adopted as as something else? Like, what's your thought process like? Yeah, wow, uh,
1: such a great question. I think the answer is almost always very clear. Uh, if we're dabbling in distributed programming and we need that to be, it's like a core part of the solution, then obviously Elixir makes a ton of sense. You know, if we have a lot of existing work that's in JavaScript, great. You know, JavaScript is absolutely the most versatile tool in the tool chest. And that's why I really love what you're doing here. And I really love everything that I hear with JSLA and how you're just Putting the power of JavaScript out there because, especially these years, there's so many other choices, and a lot of times people will be so quick to discredit JavaScript just because of hey, <laughs> JavaScript. Uh, although that that is that is very much uh, you know uh, that's very it's very incorrect. <laughs> there's a lot uh, yeah, a lot of a lot yeah, of vocal yeah, it, it,
0: JavaScript it, it, detractors uh, for a long right, time. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and and just like harking back to the earlier question, very quickly, you know, how can can a small tight-knit team build so much with fewer people by using JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, like the answer is very clear. You know, if if we just need, for example, like a little bit of web, maybe that it's web plus like a native application. Okay, well, hey, if it's JavaScript all the way down, we can share some code. You know, we find that it's about 20% of code that can be shared, you know, especially pure functions, all that stuff Mm -hmm. can be rolled up into a repo and shared. Wow, that's amazing. Just think of, you know, how, you know, had, had we chosen all kinds of different technologies for, to tackle each end of that, you know, I mean, it's like, geez, now you're looking at like three teams with, you know, two engineers each, a Java guy, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, so JavaScript, again, there would be a clear choice, you know, especially like, you know, single, single process stuff, that's the stuff that, you know, is going to be fast enough, especially if it has to be hosted cheaply. Again, I would probably reach for JavaScript, mm-hmm. you know, if, if performance is like a real concern. Uh, you know, and and I mean really like rendering performance there, Uh, you know, Svelte is a wonderful tool. Obviously everyone these years loves using TypeScript. So it just kind of with roll up, Mm -hmm. you know, works pretty well out of the box, especially if you just want to hit the ground running. Uh, So, you know, if it has to be hosted cheaply again, you know, it just kind of depends on the concerns. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, so just like some of the constraints, um, what makes, what makes Elixir, uh, why do you prefer that for, for distributed systems?
1: Oh, it's the best i mean it has otp you know and, and realize you're asking the question to somebody who's been writing erlang uh who doesn't mind the prologue style syntax you know mm. we use so many languages here so uh you know elixir is just kind of a breath of fresh air that breathes a lot of life uh into otp into the erlang uh ecosystem you know at least that's how i look at it uh, but we use it you know anything that has to be distributed it makes a ton of sense why have you know for example, let's you know, uh, let's talk JavaScript. I guess so, you know, like, so why, why have like Redis, a database, like a message queue? Why, like, now you've got like six different processes, and there's going to be some IPC, so there's going to be some overhead. You know, plus you're reaching out of process all the time. You can do that very simply in process and get the distribution for free. Elixir's a natural choice there. You know, there's also Phoenix, of course. You know, sometimes these years too, especially a couple of my guys, you know, they're not the most solid on the front end, although they do know it uh you know, relative mm-hmm. to most teams, I would say they probably are solid, but it's not their forte. Uh, they love technologies like Live Views where it's, you know, like no front end, if you will. You're just mm. streaming data up to the client. They love that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's 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 cool. Yeah. So so it sounds like in in that scenario, it, it's a little bit of like Erlang's history and pedigree in in distributed computing, um, you know, with the message passing and and. That's kind of really right. what it was designed for. I think it came out of what like telecom and all that fun stuff. Yes, um, and uh, and and then I think the the part that I really uh, latched onto was that to be able to get the same sort of functionality from something like like Node, you would wind up incorporating a lot of disparate technologies to get the the complete That's package. Right. So you were saying like you you know you'd want to put in redis or something like that whereas you can just have a just much more simple um streamline uh yeah streamline thing with the with elixir so that that makes a lot of sense and i think that's something that that our audience can can think about uh, in a little bit more abstract way or, or general way even if they're they're not deciding between let's say like elixir or node um and then in terms Surely. of svelte it seems like what you really like about it is the the performance and and rendering do you feel like like svelte's able to just uh handle a lot more complicated updates and things like that than something like react
1: yeah absolutely because it has that compile time no runtime uh, mm-hmm. so it is you know it's a, it's a performance that 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 can be felt uh, mm-hmm. so you know we kind of started with that one as just Again, one of those like experimental, let's just give it a spin and see how it goes. And everyone just has really latched onto it and dug it. You know, um, mm-hmm. It's got that compile time. A lot of us are coming from C and a lot of other programming languages that you know, are compiled. Rust these years, uh, you mm-hmm. know, if we're reaching to anything that has to be on the machine, uh, usually we, we tackle that with Rust. And so again, Svelte kind of just shares some of those core principles. Nice, uh, but by yeah. no means is it. You know, we we've written more React code than anything else. You know, spanning <laughs> all the way, you know React all the way to React Native. You know, we we were on the developer previews out of Facebook for for both of those, so mm. you know, we have obviously the, probably the most expertise there.
0: Oh my god, uh, you're just reminding me of when I was at a uh, JSConf in 2014. Would it have yeah. been? Um, you were there. They, they, yeah, they they announced React, and I remember all the conversations were something like, "Oh, Facebook is trying to put XML and JavaScript. It's never going to take off. Like that's the dumbest thing ever." Um, uh, and you know, like I kind of largely agreed with that sentiment. I was just like, "Wait, the, okay, if you put it that way, like, you don't know, no." But it's it's amazing just like how wrong those people were, and just how unbelievably. Yes. Big, it's become.
1: Yeah. It, it's especially these years, it's so easy to hate. Uh, and so you always have to kind of like pull your head back out of the weeds and look at it from the bigger picture. A lot of these technologies, too, when they're kind of like nascent and like early, it's really hard to know what the expectation is. And then when you just kind of see like where it's grown, for example, with React, you know, even all the way, I mean, what can't be rendered to with react these years, it's like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's everywhere and everywhere it is, it's, it's relatively fast, you know, and it just keeps getting better. Now there's hooks and, you know, use state and all the stuff that kind of came from the reason react side of stuff. I mean, it's wow, you know, yeah. you know rub a little mutability on there too. And I mean, gosh, yeah. you know, the performance <laughs> can't be beat really, uh, you know, Svelte is, is just a little bit more, you know, if you, if you care about something that compiles down, you know, it's a little bit simpler too. I think, uh, you know, hmm. hook, hooks come, Hooks really reduce the number of you know the lines of code. Uh, Spout you can probably get away with a little bit less. you know I know you are like a absolute like like I've seen some of the amazing stuff that you you've put together. <laughs> and, and a lot of like the raw DOM and like the things that you're able to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could only imagine that even like looking at something like Svelte that gives you a little bit of compile time. Uh, goodness is probably appealing to you, too, because, uh, you know, you just like, so, you know, sometimes like it does make sense to get squeeze that little extra performance out, especially, you know, if you're like drawing pixels, you know, and, and, and you have to care.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I have not looked deeply into Svelte to the to the point that I've tried it for any of my projects it is interesting um, I think for me I'm curious just because of uh, hearing people I respect uh, talk about it and and enjoy it I think I just have a little bit of a, a barometer for that um, you know your your company included uh, but I haven't yeah, it's not too early. I've never really felt like a I haven't I haven't needed that performance optimization to the point where I've gone looking to yes. incorporate and learn a new technology. Um, I, I definitely am a performance optimization last type of person. I am um, I'm, I'm very much an adherent. Yeah, I'm very much an adherent to make it work, make it right, make it yes. fast, and God help you if you go out of order. Um, and I wholeheartedly agree. With that. Yeah. In fact, and, and
1: don't don't prematurely optimize anything.
0: Yeah, uh, you're always going to be wrong. Like whatever you think is the bottleneck, <laughs> like you're you're wrong. That's not it. And until like you test it and profile it, like you, yeah, it's just such it's wise not, words. Yeah, but those yeah, are the noble words of
1: somebody <laughs> who's been wrong so many times. And you know, and that is that is like 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 I was saying earlier. It's like you know, you got to fall on your face. You yeah. have to have. And embrace the failures because that's what's going to teach you. And it's going to teach you lessons that are going to stick with you forever because you worked <laughs> through the failure. And it's the oh, same thing absolutely. as what you're saying now. Yeah.
0: Failure is really such a good teacher. Now I love, so Erin McKean, who who I'm thrilled to say is going to be speaking at JSLA um, in a few months. Uh, and and uh, she uh, she spoke a couple of years ago, and and she said a line that has stuck with me, and I absolutely love it, which is, you know, she definitely prefers to learn from other people's mistakes. Um, and and I, <laughs> I, I agree with that. That's I mean, the it, ideal. It, you know, that is the ideal. But for some reason, those teachings don't stick with me nearly as well as when I fall on my own face. Me uh, like watching, yes. yeah, Watching someone else trip over just doesn't have the same yeah effect yeah game through the pain it's,
1: <laughs> it's right. it, i mean it, it's real yeah. you know hopefully it doesn't
0: cost you too much money <laughs> yeah right yeah there is there is that um but yeah in terms of in terms of technologies like i i feel like i used to be i mean i think i also just don't code nearly as much as i used to i mean i still find it really enjoyable now most most of my coding is spent on um, on rambly which yes. uh, to your point of like you know what can't you do with react everyone looks at rambly and they're wondering if it's built with a game engine like phaser or something else and it's like no it is vanilla react there's no canvas like you're not you're not looking anything like that this is it's all it's all divs like all, yeah, this, I, all I the animation yeah. it's divs all the way down yeah it's all it's all divs and um, in terms of with that. yeah, and it's like in terms of performance, like you know, I'm not really gonna look at Svelte until for some reason I have a hard time hitting sixty frames per second. But like Why? until then, yeah, it's plenty fast enough. Yeah, it's like until then, I'm not not really gonna gonna optimize yeah. much. And, and, and yeah, I would love to emphasize here,
1: Svelte was one of those like hey. This looks cool. Why don't we try it? Just to breathe a little bit of life into something. You know, we've all been using React for so many years. It was mm-hmm. you know a little experiment that was that just caught on.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's you know, we, we that's didn't awesome. choose it
1: because we needed some extra performance. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. is it extra performance? You can feel totally, but if you're already able to push sixty, it
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's interesting, right? I mean, it's like I guess I guess displays might be. You know, we might get to higher frame rate. Uh, situations I think that would be really nice on the hardware side I mean I think for me uh, in in gaming and playing first-person shooters you can definitely notice the difference going above 60 frames per second or if you have a you have a monitor where you can like move the mouse you know you can definitely see the individual frames if you move your mouse against a white background you can see the individual frames of the mouse and if you have a higher frame rate display there'll be, it'll just be much more continuous. And it is interesting how 60 frames per second is people that are just thinking like, that's good enough. And it's like, no, that's, that's not the case. It's not for VR either. And so I can definitely see, right. you know, the emphasis on performance becoming a lot more, um, important in the yeah, And, and in realize the our
1: eyes are trained to see 60, like, 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 just the way you're talking about that, you know, we're very much trained to see that any kind of janking that happens, mm. like, like, like I'm sure you notice that right mm-hmm. away, just like I do. Uh, this is something, again, like especially for those people early on in their career who, who you know, find themselves maybe pushing pixels and having to paint some some more elaborate things, uh, you know, because they will in their career. Um, it's is one of those like never mentioned skills that is so important. Just the ability mm-hmm. for your eye to see 60 and if you're not reaching it, like you'll know, you know, if you can see it, you know, right away. And that's something that you can notice before anyone else does. It's one of those like extra desirability factors that can just make your software project that much more like like juicy and exciting.
0: Yeah, I actually have a funny story for that. So, so Rambly is used by a number of meetups and, and conferences now. And so one of oh, one have. of them, yeah, so one of them is is uh, it's a weekly weekly uh, event called Hacker Drink Up, and it's it's more people in the the security space, and um, they <laughs> a number of them have really complained about the the like the effectively the resource uh, consumption of Rambly. So even though Rambly can huh. maintain sixty frames per second, it'll probably turn on your laptop fan and keep maybe one of your CPUs at, at a hundred, um, which is again, not something that I fully concentrate on. Um, maybe I start, you know, maybe I I will, but I just don't see that as a, as a barrier to adoption. Now, some hardcore users like, you know, in, in that group that they notice that they're really in tuned with their, their hardware and, things like that. And so I actually wound up building a customized option for them where they can drop the frame rate as low as they want. But okay. I would personally, I would never use that. <laughs> but they're yeah. they're kind of into it.
1: I haven't noticed any... You know, I haven't noticed anything odd and my hardware is not the fastest. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll just interject here. You know, while yeah. I understand this is uh, you know, m- mostly about me, uh, l- let me just switch it to talking about you real quickly uh, because the first time I had met you was actually not in person. It was through your artwork at Glow something like oh I mean, wow f- 15 yeah. years ago yeah, like, uh, and i didn't even realize that was yours although it was my favorite piece i absolutely loved it i walked through it so many times and it really <laughs> just had like a lasting impression on me and then you had given a slide to end last year and it had that in there and it just was like a boom i can't believe it you're the you were the guy behind that amazing thing <laughs> oh, that i saw. was like 15 years ago now here's <laughs> it was it was like over uh, 10 years ago the,
0: the big uh, the big dna sequencer the uh, the yeah. big led sound reactive sculpture yeah The thing was like over a hundred feet long. Yeah. Uh, And it's
1: one of those things too. Like I saw it on the slide, but when you're there in person and you're walking through it, it's such an experience.
0: Yeah. Pretty different just to see, see images of it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. um, That was definitely, that was a fun, fun project that now seems like forever, forever ago. I'm um,
1: bringing that up now because I wanted to tie that into Rambly. I am not surprised that someone of your caliber then came up with something like Rambly because it's it's very it's very fitting to your to your skill set. So uh, really amazing. I'm glad more people are using it because it's such an effective tool, especially in these times. You know, like anything that can kind of facilitate more of that, like you know, we're in the same virtual room thing. Uh, you know, is just wow.
0: Yeah. I, for me, yeah, a lot of the work uh, of Rambly was scratching my own itch for how to JSLA being an in-person event that used to have you know anywhere from a you know hundred-ish to you know two hundred and fifty people at an event. How do you how do you capture any of that energy to online? And the the short answer is you can't. But um, and maybe this is something that we can talk about briefly because I, I think networking is so important um right. to, to careers and software. And so for me to just drop JSLA or to 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 convert JSLA just to I don't know, Zoom or streaming on YouTube just didn't so
1: played out. Everyone's yeah, tired just, of it,
0: whether they admit to it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just didn't seem it didn't seem right. It just didn't seem like JSLA. It would have maybe I could have done something like, okay, well, JSLA is on break. Here's this new thing that's not JSLA, but you might enjoy it. Um, but I feel like with Rambly, I've been able to carry it on in a way that still really feels like JSLA, and and that that's that's how I knew Rambly. Um, was onto something and that, that it was working, is, is when you attend in Rambly and before the event starts or maybe during the intermission and you're, you're kind of milling about or, or walking around, obviously it's your character, but you can, you can overhear a conversation you know, circle and you can walk over to it and join for a bit and then maybe yes. you know, walk away and join something else and bump into someone when you're walking from one area to another. It's very it, warming. And it yeah. does bring
1: that personal touch back in. It's very real.
0: Yeah. And on, and
1: on that, yeah. you even have JSLA up on like a, bill, like a billboard yeah. as, if, as if you're like <laughs> yeah, the in a drive-thru. In yeah. it's, yeah. an, it's, an, it's insane <laughs> for any of you who haven't experienced this. Like, my gosh, just g- g- please uh, load up the next JSLA and experience it through Rambly. It's, yeah. it's incredible.
0: Last Thursday of every month, just go to JSLA. Um, it's free and available to everyone. But um, but yeah, I, so... so I just, you know, hearing the types of conversations that happen now on Rambly and hearing them, you know, and knowing what they have been at JSLA for, you know, eight years or however long it's been, and and hearing that that they're same, uh, I mean, that just it it's it's huge. I mean, it just means that that we haven't lost um, that that specialness. And I and I do wanna turn real quick to like why that that matters. In in your in your experience, like this is a little bit of an open-ended question, but I, I put a lot of value on networking, as I just said. Like, yes, how do you how do you think that junior developers or aspiring developers should think about it? Because I don't, I don't think it's just for senior engineers or someone like you who's no. who's more entrepreneurial or like, yeah, like how should they think about it?
1: I love to look at ways to always amplify the effect that one has, right? Amplify the effect mm. of a team, or amplify the effect of you know. And, and so networking is going to get you there because at the end of the day, you are really the sum of those people whom you surround yourself with. You know, and I would always say too, even like as a, just a learning experience for me, you know, while I was in college, I don't feel like, you know, especially reflecting back that I had done enough networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I should have done a heck of a lot more, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I certainly wasn't doing as much as I do these years. Uh, but you're always going to, you know, th- what is that like? That, that brilliant philosophers uh, say something like you know t- take your nearest ten people mm-hmm. to you and and then you know like uh, you know give them some score and like divide by ten or whatever and that's essentially like your self worth I'm butchering mm-hmm. it but uh, <laughs> you know th- that point I <laughs> think, or like, or more amazing. or
0: more uh, uh, qualitatively like you're the you're the average of like yes your, the average you of, know, of your, your surroundings. closest yeah people yeah
1: and, and so like that's also why to network uh, it's so important because you just have that positive spillover of ideas. You know, and in my case, I love that spot, that positive spillover of energy, you know, and that's why, like I was saying earlier with Rambly, you really breathed a lot of virtual life back into JSLA, especially during these times, because that energy spillover is what keeps people together. You know, that like human touch is so real. And so to like have any bit of that, you know, back is is like is super key, you know, and that and that's a similar feeling you're going to get with network networking with the right people, networking with like minded people. You know, so yeah, always be networking, especially if you're a junior, you got to network even harder.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so if you're a junior, what does networking look like? I mean, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people have complained, maybe like on both sides, you know, someone who's maybe an engineering manager at Netflix or something. I forget, you know, who it was that like, you know, oh, my God, if I get one more LinkedIn request from well, someone like asking to have like a Zoom lunch with me or something, I'm going to lose That's a shallow
1: it. complaint. I mean, and, and, you know, that is not the best way to network, you know, I wouldn't so, is it effective? Okay. Yeah, totally. You know, a lot of people land amazing jobs from LinkedIn. So it's absolutely one tool, uh, but it's one tool of many, you know, and, and like, just to say again, like the personal touch, especially with networking is so real. Uh, are your, are a lot of these people in school still?
0: I are just talking about the juniors who, uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, that was just like a random complaint that I saw from someone. I mean, I'm also looking at it from, from maybe, you know, the, the engineers, the engineers perspective, which is like mechanically, how do I network? Like, what does networking yeah. look like? I certainly have my ideas and I can share that yeah. in, a, in a minute, but just when you say like networking is important, like you looking at it from the outside, like what, what would that look like to you of someone doing it well?
1: Yeah, and and try harder. I mean like mm. pinging people on LinkedIn takes all of 1 second. Don't ping someone on LinkedIn uh, <laughs> and expect that you know they're going to re- reciprocate that 1 second. You know, maybe they do reciprocate. Mm. and It's only 1 second. It's not super valuable. You know, tr- try a lot harder. Uh, An email asynchronous communication stuff like this, you know, just goes a lot a lot further. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I really like, again, like, the you know, what you're doing at JSLA, for example, the ability to be in the same room with people, obviously now we're a little bit hinged on what we can do, uh, but that style of networking, at least for me, with the personal touch is so much more valuable mm-hmm. you know, because, on you know, who knows who from, from LinkedIn, really, they might just take a look at your profile and be like, oh, okay, is, is this guy, you know, it gets into that, like, you know, uh, can this guy give me more value than I give him. And I mean, transactional that's very, or girl is very transactional and and shallow. So, yeah, I mean, uh, tr- focus on ways to, to try harder with more effort. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'll cover a, a little bit of, a, of, of how I see it. So there's OK, so so we talked about JSLA and Rambly quite a bit. So I'll go a little bit there, right? If you if you come to JSLA in Rambly, um, for those who don't know, just real quick, Rambly is, its kind of plays like a video game. It's in your browser. You control like a 2D character. You walk around a map. It's multiplayer and there's voice. So as you move your character around, you can use your microphone and then any characters around you will hear your voice in proportion to how close they are. So it's sort of like a virtual world and there's space and you can walk up to people and talk to them. Okay, so you're approximating a real life JSLA or other cocktail party happy hour situation, um, you can really just approach anyone you see like you would in 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 person and say hello and start asking them questions. Anybody at an event like a cocktail party, happy hour, networking event is is there to meet people and socialize and have conversations. That's right. So so. A lot of engineers are going to be really shy. This is the norm. You're not You're not special because you think like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm shy or like I don't really like we're all small interested. talk or anything like that. Like that's the norm. That's if, if I didn't know you and I heard, you know, you were a junior dev, I would just automatically assume that you're probably your least favorite thing to do at one of these events is to approach a stranger and introduce yourself, <laughs> like guaranteed. Like that's, this is yeah that's the norm that's not unpredictable you're not special um, but if you can get comfortable with that discomfort and you can approach somebody embrace it and and introduce yourself and ask them about what you know themselves and probably here's the trick if you can actually be curious and want to know the answers to those questions and and come up with questions that you want to know the answer to and and be interested, I can guarantee you you're going to have a very enjoyable time for the most part. You know, I can't guarantee that every person you could talk to is going to be interested or or they might be preoccupied with something else or they might be in a bad mood. And there's all of these variables, so it's not guaranteed. But on the whole, you're generally going to find somebody who wants to be there, is excited to talk to, wants to answer questions, and probably... Has their own questions for you and it'll be it'll be a good time i mean th- this is how i know keith i mean so yeah. so keith and i um you know glow in 2010 notwithstanding like <laughs> this is how this is how we know each other is we is, have
1: met then just virtually yeah. through your artwork.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah your um, artwork is is hanging out at jsla and and talking to each other and and yeah. so That's what you need to get comfortable with. Um, The, the way that that can turn into a job, like it's a little bit dangerous to just keep that in the forefront of your mind. But if you want to know, you know, you just ask them what they're working on and what they are like looking to do. What you're trying to figure out is, is there any way that you can help them? often the answer is going to be no, and that is totally fine. But sometimes it's close enough. Like you might talk to someone who says That's that right. they are working on this project. You know, they're at this company, they're working on this project, they're growing really fast, they've got all this stuff to do. And one of the things that they really need to do, I'm just going to use an example from an upcoming talk at JSLA, is they, they're converting an old Angular 1 application to do server-side React. And it's just taking a long time, and it's you know frustrating for a variety of reasons. Even this if month you, at JSLA. what's that? Yeah, this month uh, at JSLA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and even if even if that's the case, and like that's not something that you're you're familiar with or you haven't done that before, you've kind of just been given a clue of something that you can investigate and work on your own time and see if that is something that you have an aptitude for uh, a passion for or or a problem that you would be able to help them out with and if the answer turns out to be yes you can approach them and say hey i can help you and that's a very good position to be in when you know i don't really want to call that phase networking but you know reaching out to someone offering them help or or saying, like, hey, I mean, you know, is, after our... Right, yeah. You're establishing a relationship now. Yeah, that's true. So, You're not you not know, yet. It, <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you, if you were to say, like, hey, listen, like, that last conversation we had at JSLA where you told me about Angular 1 to server-side React, like, that, that was really interesting to me because I bet a lot of companies are running through that problem, and maybe there's good ways and bad ways of doing it. So I just went and I took this, you know, very popular open-source uh, Angular 1 project, uh, and I wanted to go through the exercise of seeing what it would be like to convert it to server-side React, and I found another, you know, a number of ways that it could be done. I found some gotchas, and I put it up in this, you know, blog post. and I'd love, I'd love you to review it and give me your thoughts and and tell me what you think because you're actually running through it right now. I can almost guarantee that. The person that you're talking to is one going to be flattered that like you remembered their conversation and you took an interest in in their problems. And this two, happens
1: all the time. Yeah. At right. JSLA. Like I like have yeah. seen every single JSA. I, I would say every year of JSLA, I see multiple people hired by other attendees just through
0: this networking effect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No question. Yeah. It's I mean, it's 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 constant. And so yeah. it, and, it's and just this is just what, yeah. what I've seen. Who yeah. knows how many other happen? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things where I think like, even if you're a junior, and even if maybe you don't have the experience, you can wind up in a situation where someone brings up something that you, yeah, you can push yourself and you can find something that you get interested in. And then you wind up in a situation where you can, you can help. them And maybe it doesn't lead anywhere. But it's also entirely possible that they review your blog post, they give you some pointers or not. And then at the end, they're like, Oh, fuck, you can totally help us. Like, do you want a job? Like, don't, you know, don't really Put a lot of pressure on it working out that way, but that is totally a feasible way of of going about it. Oh yeah, oh you nailed it! Such
1: sage advice, you know. And, and to those people who just kind of like sit there, uh, you know, fine. I, I actually I love approaching those people because you know, just like truth be told, exactly what you spoke to. We're all nervous, <laughs> and we're all there. Yeah, right. So we presumably all showed up because we wanted to either learn something or just communicate with another human being. So hey, why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so I, yeah if you if you can develop that curiosity um stay um, curious yeah and um uh there's just a lot of interesting people out there and and it's you know just the the more and and it doesn't even have to be in jsl and rambly like you know there's plenty of slack communities jsl has a vibrant online slack uh community where you can share what you're working on and ask questions Very. and as people become more familiar with you that's also just like a you know an easy way then when you go to the the main event people will then come up to you and and recognize you and make it even easier so i would say that's a that's a good good way to do it um so uh keith i think we are over time but oh, uh, it's been
1: so fun where did it yeah go? hey real quickly just to finish up one final thought yeah. you were asking about networking and i think you were kind of getting into that like network effect and how one can amplify themselves yeah you know, I, I would always say to that at the end of the day the biggest variable that you're able to control for for yourself uh, you know is going to be how hard you work mm. so work harder always <laughs> put, put in more time work harder get that get that grit you know uh, that is the biggest thing that everyone can control you know is is how hard they're pushing you know and i'll always say you know push harder uh, push yourself out of your comfort zone which i think is very apt to exactly everything you just spoke uh, you know it's just the work side of it right you know, so you, you, one can do that on the networking side, and it's also just equally effective with their own work. You know, d- mm-hmm. drive harder, push yourself. It's a variable that's totally under everyone's control.
0: Yeah, it's true, and and that might be daunting, but it, it's it's more like a muscle, right? Like you know, you just do a little bit more and a little bit more, you can get you can get um you can get better at it over over time. Keith, this has been great. Where can people find out more about you online?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, obviously this is my personal website it's not a whole lot there hurling.com com, and dimensionsoftware.com of course if you'd love to keep abreast of you know all the things that we have going or even some educational videos uh, you know they're all there we have a youtube channel and all that uh, we love hearing back from everyone you know anything even if it's just a small critique or just a drop in to say hello we lo- we love hearing from the community
0: awesome and i think you also have a, a podcast yes we'd love to have you on too, man. Uh, (laughs) I would love to. Let's figure it out. Uh, Well, tell people what your podcast is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a podcast. It's called call to action podcast. It's something that, you know, uh, I think just like what's going on here, it's just, you know, one of those passion projects. We love doing it. We, we, we get real jazzed about all the various energies who come on. It's a lot of just success stories, you know, people who've worked through their failures. We most recently, you know, had a guy who was, who was deployed and, you know, he, he talks about how he was able to kind of like overcome a lot of the things out there in the field, then come back here and turn that into a business. You know, something that he's very proud of. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just a lot of like uplifting, you know, if you ever just want to get like a, like a longer format, you know, uplifting story with a lot of like takeaways, key learnings and such, uh, you know, call to action podcast. It's what we do in our spare.
0: All right. Perfect. I will put links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining wow. me today.
1: Oh man. Such a pleasure to hear your voice. Uh, you know, and <laughs> JSLA. <laughs>
0: Awesome. All right, folks, that's it for today. I'm David Gutman, and I hope you join me again next time for Junior to Senior. Recruiting at tech events can be one of the best ways to find and hire senior software engineers. Unfortunately, it's easy to make simple mistakes and wind up with no leads. Grab my free 12-point recruiting checklist to maximize your sponsorship investment at superstruct.tech event recruiting checklist.